We have been amazed at what God has been up to here, at what he's done, at how he's touched people. Amen? He has been moving in power and releasing his miracles, his healing, prophetic words to people, touching them. You know, the power of a prophetic word changed my life personally. I'm very passionate about how God moves in this way. A prophetic word is when God moves through his vessel and speaks to someone's heart. Something that they have, haven't told anybody maybe or something that just was going on inside of them. And it's this moment where God reveals to that person, I see you, I love you, I've been with you, I know you. You are seen, you are known, you are loved. That revelation upon receiving that prophetic word changed, changed my life forever. And this is the kind of thing that God is doing here. It's what he's, he did in the, in the Bible, in the book of Acts, through the prophets that we see, the New Testament prophets like Agabus and Silas and Barnabas. These are all New Testament prophets in the Acts church. He moved through them. He moved through apostles speaking through prophetic words and other vessels of God in the book of Acts. And he's still up to it today. Maybe it's rare. Maybe it's not seen in many churches. But it doesn't mean that he's not still doing it. And this is the way that he wants to move. He always wanted to move in this way. Nothing's ever changed. Just people have. And so now he's getting back to the point. He's getting us back to what he intended this church to look like. And I am excited about it. How about you? This is revival. This is revival. Hallelujah. With that being said, um, there's a wonderful lady here today who just shared with me a testimony. Um, she came to revival in the park. I think it was, I remember when you were here, I think it was like a couple months ago or so, or a month ago maybe, something like that. She came here and um, she has a testimony of what happened on that day. And then she was watching online. And another move of God happened in her life watching online. So I want, to share, I want her to share this testimony because I know it's going to touch you. And I want her to share it because God wants her to share it because it's going to lift up your faith and get you expectant to receive something like what she's received. So, hallelujah, you can, this is a powerful testimony that you can receive from God in person and online. Hallelujah. So, come on up here. Hallelujah, this is Victoria. Thank you so much for sharing. So, this is Victoria. You came like a month or so ago, I think it was, something like that. And um, I prayed for you. And if you can just share with the people what you were going through before I shared the word and the word that I shared and how it touched you. Yeah. Okay, hi, my name is Victoria. Put it a little closer. Okay, oh, hi. Yeah, so I just wanted to share that, you know, like it's just say a month ago I came, you know, and I was just having these thoughts in my mind and, and, and you know, just the enemy um, bringing all these accusations and yeah and i came here and when she was praying she gave me this word that you know the lord sees me and um that i'm beautiful that i was no mistake and you know i i was happy about and you know um a month later i i had a surgery in my knee my leg was really hurting and that's when i um i went online and i you're online on Instagram and um, and she was praying and again uh, she was saying that there was somebody uh, with leg hurting and my leg was really hurting my knee was too it still really hurts and immediately the pain went away immediately and that was really powerful I really felt the presence of God and you know and then I raised my hand I was like you know, I want to talk to you. And then she again said, um, she gave me a word. She was praying. 
And again, she said, the Lord says that you're beautiful, that you're perfect. And, you know, th that was amazing because I still don't believe that. And I start crying. I start crying because I really don't believe that. And, you know, I grow up having these lies um, being spoken over me. But anyways, it's just glory to God. And thank you so much. <laughs> Hallelujah! Give God a huge praise! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Lord! Hallelujah! Oh, isn't that amazing? This is Jesus! This is the love of God. This is so powerful how God spoke the same thing to her twice. And when I saw her on Instagram, I didn't know she was the same person. Um, that I saw in real life. I had no clue because you just see that little handle on Instagram, right? That's many times not the name of a person even, right? <laughs> so um, the fact that God had the same word for her, he knew, he, knew what, he knew what was keeping her from breakthrough in her life. He knew the strategic attack of the enemy. And there's millions of things that God could say, right? But God knew the exact thing he needed to say for her to be free and to move forward with what God's called her to do and flourish. Amen. God is so good. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for sharing, Victoria. So amazing. So amazing. This is this amazing Jesus who is alive. I am excited about this revival. How about you? <laughs> it is absolutely here. It doesn't matter what you see, what you expect revival to look like, what you prayed um, revival to look like in your mind, the number of people you see. It does not matter. What matters is what God has spoken, and he has proven again and again to us that his word is true that his promise is coming to pass, that revival is now. We are going to see mighty signs, wonders, and miracles like we haven't even dreamt about. People coming to Jesus and truly becoming disciples, falling in love with him, not just saying the sinner's prayer in fear of going to hell, but truly falling in love with Jesus and becoming powerful vessels of God. You see, that's what God wants. Not just to say the sinner's prayer and go on about your life and maybe attend church on Sundays. But God wants you to fall in love with him. He wants to demonstrate his love and power. Like speaking personally to you like he spoke to Victoria. Like healing you and making it known that it's him doing it. Not a coincidence. Making it known that it's him doing it because he loves you. He wants you to know how amazing he is. Not just take someone's word for it. Or say you love him because you're supposed to. That's what mom and dad said to do. Amen. This is what God's up to, is opening up people's eyes to how amazing he is. So that you may give your life completely to him. Completely. And become a powerful vessel of God. God, in this revival... Right now, he is making disciples. Disciples, not churchgoers, not fans, not even followers, but disciples. In the Bible, he says the word, you, you hear the word disciple 300 times. He calls his, his, his followers the Christians, he calls them disciples. He uses that word. He never calls them Christians, actually. 
He, it was other people who called Christians Christians. And Christians, actually, when they were calling Christians that, they, it meant they are followers or fans of Jesus. It could be like a fan or follower of somebody you look up to. Christian is a different meaning, actually, than disciple. Disciple is a learner, a servant, a lifelong learner. When you're a disciple, you're in the position of learning from God your whole life. Till you die, you're always in that position of, I'm a student. God knows way more than me. He can confound me continually. He can teach me something new every day. And you're a servant. See, servant, learner, that's different than fan, follower. You see? It involves all of you. It involves your surrender. So I share this with you because God wants you to see yourself as a disciple. He wants you to become his disciple. Luke 9.1, it says, When Jesus had called the twelve together, so the twelve were his disciples, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So God gives his disciples, not just anybody, not fans, not simply followers, not lukewarm Christians, but he gives disciples power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases and to proclaim the kingdom of God with power and to heal the sick. That is what God wants to do with you right here. He wants you to become a disciple so that he can pour out his anointing, his power, so that the supernatural may flow through you, so that they may encounter the God of power through you, so that when you speak about Jesus, when you share testimonies, even when you invite somebody to church, you have the anointing of like the Samaritan woman at the well who when encountering Jesus, she just received him completely and she gave everything. She gave her whole life right now to go and tell thousands of people, come receive him. They all came. Why? Because she had anointing. Because she surrendered in that moment. God poured out anointing. He says, I, he thought, I want to reach thousands of people. I'm going to pour out my anointing in her right now. And she's going to go out. She's going to give herself to me, to serving me. And she's going to tell thousands of people. And it's not going to be like normal life. When you tell thousands of people, you get like five to show up, if that, right? It's not going to be like normal life because my power is in her. My anointing is in her. So when she goes and tells all the people, it's me, my power inside of her, upon her words, so that the people feel something different. They feel hungry. They feel like, I want what she has. I want what, like, she's, she's come alive. So they feel this pull, and they can't explain it. That's the power of God that was in her. It's not given to just anybody. It's not given to anybody who invites somebody to church or tells somebody about Jesus or prays for somebody to receive healing. You need anointing. You need the power of God. God doesn't give it to anybody. He gives it to his disciples. So I want to share with you today how to become a disciple, what the heart of a disciple looks like. Number one, Luke 9, 23. Jesus said to all of his followers, if you truly desire to be my disciple, and as I speak this right now, I want you to, to, to hear Jesus saying this to you right now. So if you truly desire to be a disciple of Jesus, you must 
disown your life completely. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will embark on a discovery of more and more of true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will actually lose what you try to keep. That's the Passion Translation. I'm going to read the Amplified Translation. It says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it, will find it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? This, this is it right here. This is it. Step one, the most important step to becoming a disciple of Jesus is to surrender all completely to Jesus. To give up your life completely, every single aspect and part of it to him and him alone. You cannot be a disciple until you do this. I was a Christian my whole life. My parents, amazing Christian parents. I hadn't actually encountered the power of God through throughout my middle school, high school, and in my 20s. Not until I was around 25, 24, 24. Um, and up to that point, Though I was a Christian, though I never doubted God's existence, though I always loved him, I hadn't yet surrendered to him. There was a point as I grew more in love with him at around, around age 22 that I, that I said, I want to stop putting one foot in the world and I want to give everything to Jesus. Though I said those words, I didn't commit to that completely. I didn't completely surrender everything. There were still parts of the world that I was hanging on to. I still liked to party. I still liked to get other people's attention. I wasn't always glorifying God with everything I did with my social media. I wasn't surrendering everything to him. I wasn't putting him first. I wasn't in the word enough. He was always an important part of my life, but I had never truly made him number one. Number one, priority above everything else. It was when I encountered the power of God, when I received a prophetic word, that my eyes opened up to God's love for me. I, I, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in that same month. And it was upon those encounters of the power of God that opened up my eyes to how amazing God is. My eyes opened up to how, how much he loves me, how good he is, how worthy he is of my surrender. In that moment, as I encountered his power, as I received his, I had revelation of his love by encountering his power, He became so magnified. I suddenly saw how small I was, how insignificant I was compared to him. How silly it was to think that I knew what was best for my life. How silly it was to hang on to my dreams and my plans thinking that they were best. In that moment, Jesus became supreme. He was almighty. I felt small. I saw the reality 
of the fact that he was the creator and I was creation, who am I to not surrender my life to him? Above everything, it was having revelation of how amazing he is and his love that made me want to surrender. God doesn't force you to surrender. He never forces anything upon his people. As much as he wants to use you mightily for his glory, he will not force you to become a disciple. He will not force you to surrender. He's waiting. In that moment, I said, I surrender to you, God, and I meant it with my heart. I, I, I surrender my plans. I surrender my dreams. If you want to do something completely different with my life than what I had in mind, okay, God. I really wanted to be a Christian singer-songwriter. I really wanted that. I've been working towards it for years. There was success. People were telling me that I'll make it. I really wanted that. I thought that was a really great dream and plan. But I offered that up to God in that moment. That's what surrender is. It's everything, even the things you care about the very most. It's not like you're throwing it away, but you're handing it to your father. You're saying, God, I give you everything. And if you want to leave some things, some dreams that were from you, then great. But if you want to take some things out, some dreams that were just my own dreams, maybe they were good dreams, just not your dreams, you can take it, God. I give you permission because you know better than me. That's humility. You know better than I do, God. I acknowledge that you know better than I do. You're the one that created me. You're the one that knitted me together in my mother's womb. God, he knows what he put inside of you. God created you for a specific purpose that will literally change the world. That's what he has in mind. That's why he has you here on this earth. He's put things inside of you. But many of these things that he put inside of you, you don't know they're there. Because you can't see them until his power comes upon them. The, his power activates them. And so it becomes him through you. Like, look, think about how many gifted people there are out there who don't believe in God. That's not God working through them. Many times it's the devil working through them. And so, yes, God might, might have given them these gifts, but the way they're living their lives and using their gifts in what they think is the best way, they're not making a difference for the kingdom of God, and they're not doing what God created them to do. We got to have this humility that God's put things in us and we have no clue what they are. They're to be discovered. And the only way we can discover them and God can use them is when you surrender. When you surrender, now God begins to pour his anointing upon you. Now God leads you perfectly where you need to go to be in his exact will. He sends people in your life to encourage you, to speak prophetically to you, to activate the spiritual gifts inside of you. Just like how in the book of, in, in the New Testament church, we see how the elders, the ministers, the apostles laid hands upon people and activated the gifts that were inside of them. The Bible says do not neglect the spiritual gifts that were imparted to you by the laying on of hands. Hallelujah. This is what happened for me. It was my plan to be a Christian singer, EDM singer, songwriter. I thought that was, 
an amazing plan. I thought that was God's plan. I was so excited for it. So much. There was success. It was great. I loved to sing. I was excited about it. But one day, I surrendered to God, and I meant it. I surrendered that to him. I surrendered everything. I surrendered even, it was my biggest dream to have a family. That was my biggest dream, even above the, the, the music dream. To, to have love and to have children, that was my biggest dream. But I even surrendered that to him. The Bible says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But that scripture means delight in the Lord. Delight in what delights the Lord. And he will give you his desires of his heart that now become your desires in your heart. So what that looks like is you may, you may be keeping some of your desires. Some of those desires God's given you since you were a little kid. He's really, they are from him. And he doesn't want to take them away. They will stay and he will give you those desires. But there will be some desires that you never had any kind of desire for. And God, when you delight in him, when you surrender to him, is the act of beginning to delight in what delights him. Then he will start to give you his desires that he wants to put in you. That's what he did for me. I gave up, I, I gave up everything. But I know, I, I, I know certain things he will, he will give me because he's, he, he's put them there. Amen? Hallelujah. It doesn't mean like you're throwing away everything, but it's just allowing him to have his way. That pleases him so much. So I never wanted to be here right now preaching. Never a day in my life. Never a day. Public speaking was my biggest fear. I know it's probably hard to believe because I seem like confident and stuff now. But I'm telling you, no. Public speaking, I was terrified to do. And I would had no clue how to minister, how to preach. I had no clue. I looked at preachers and I was like, how do they do that? I have no clue. So what happened was nine months after I surrendered to God, God started to move. Remember I said that once you surrender to God, God now can direct you into his perfect plan for your life. Hallelujah. It was God's calling for me to be an apostle. But before I had surrendered to him, I was doing nothing in that arena. And there was nobody prophesying that to me. God sent no prophets or people who prophesied to prophesy that to me. No. He could not do that until I surrendered to him. I had to do that first. He does not force himself on us. So when I surrendered, nine months later, I went to this conference, and there was a prophet ministering, and he comes up to me and he says, you were called to be an apostle. A minister. And when I heard that word, many things went through my mind. First of all, I knew without a doubt it was God speaking. Secondly, I was like, what? I really wanted to be a singer. I was really hoping that this prophet would speak about my music. Shucks. Is there more? (laughs) I really thought I heard from God on that. And I really wanted that. But thirdly, I was shocked. A minister? An apostle? How can I do that? That's not my gift. That's not my strength. What? I'm way better at singing. That's my strength. That's my gift. But the next thing that God brought to my mind was the story of Moses in the Bible. And how Moses was called by God to be a prophet, to be a vessel of him, to be a mouthpiece of him. And Moses was like, I stutter. How is this going to happen, God? What? 
But God says, I will put my power in you. It's going to be me through you that gives you the ability, that gives you the power. That's how I will be glorified because I'm going to use your weakness. God reminded me of that in a moment, and I was then be able to say, yes, God. I remembered that day that I surrendered to him, so I was able to say, yes, God. You see, it is a powerful spiritual act when you really surrender to God. Not only does it set you on God's perfect road, like for me, God sent a prophet from Africa and had me go to this conference. By the way, my GPS sent me to three different places, two different churches before getting me there. Devil didn't want me there. <laughs> but I got there. Imagine that. I'm from upstate New York. God sent me to L.A. to move here. Years later, sends a prophet from Africa. God ordained the steps perfectly, sent this vessel of God to speak you're an apostle, so that I could be in my calling, walking out my purpose. So not only does God now direct your steps, catapult you into what he's called you to do, but also there's a supernatural transformation that takes place when you make the decision to surrender to God. It's, it's not just words you're saying. But, but when you surrender to God, God starts pouring his anointing upon you. You be, start to become more like him. He starts to take away the desires of the world. Before you surrender, you have certain things of the world you want to keep, certain desires. But when you get to that point and you say, I give it up, God. I surrender. I'll do anything. God comes with his power and helps you out on that promise. The, you've just resisted the devil in that moment. The Bible says resist the enemy and he will flee from you. So before you surrender to God, you have certain things in the world you're indulging in. Certain things you know God doesn't like isn't what God wants. But when you make that decision, I surrender. The devil's just had to flee. The devil has just lost. When I surrender to God, I start all of a sudden, supernaturally, in one day, all these desires of the world just fell away. This fire just arose in me supernaturally where I just wanted to talk about God all the time. Even like if I want, was watching a movie, I wanted it to be about God. I mean, I was supernaturally on fire for God. God gave me the ability to surrender. He gave me the ability to stay in line, to stay in his will, to do as he pleases. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I, the reason I surrendered was because I knew that God knew better than I did. And I knew that he knew what would bring me true joy. That he knows better than I do. The things that we want of this world, we, we want them because they think they give us joy, but really they give us worldly, temporal happiness. But what God wants to give you is joy, is true joy. And I'm telling you, like what I'm doing right now, maybe you can tell from my face, but this is the most joy I've experienced in my life, is doing what he's called me to do. Here, being a vessel of him, seeing God move here before me, through me, and changing you, your lives, and blessing you, and release miracles. But I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine that before I surrendered and let God take control. I couldn't imagine in a million years that I would find joy doing this. He knows what will bring. He knows what he, he knew what he put inside of me. 
He knew my heart. Like my heart at that moment, when I was doing music, I loved to see people receive Jesus and get to know his love. I, I, I loved that. He, but I didn't know how I would find so much joy doing what I'm doing now. But he knew. I thought, music, singing, singing. Because I can't speak. I won't even think that. But he knew. He knew. He knew. So he wants you to trust him with your life. To know that, trust him with your joy. Trust him to know what will bring you the most joy. That's why we hang on to the things of the world. I'm revealing this to you now. You don't know what will really bring you joy. You think you do. But God knows And you will experience that joy when you surrender to him. Hallelujah. It's verse 39, Passion Translation. This is when, uh, this is going to be actually a couple of the Gospels because it's when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he is about to go to the cross. And so he, you know, he lived as fully man as we are here today. He experienced all the temptations and trials. So certain desires of the world, he would have temptations of even. Hallelujah. So in this moment, he really wants a certain desire, but it's not God's desire. But he chooses to surrender in this moment. He chooses. So verse 39, it says, Then he walked a short distance away and overcome with grief, He threw himself face down on the ground and prayed, My father, if there is any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. Yet what I want is not important, for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. He says, and then this is another translation says, I want this God, yet. Not my will, but your will be done. This Passion Translation says, For I only desire, for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. When you surrender to God, like Jesus had before he said this, Something supernatural happens where your only desire becomes to fulfill God's plan. Just like what Jesus said. When you surrender, that's what you're saying to God, actually. You're making the choice. You're saying as a decision, as a choice, like a covenant, like a marriage, a choice. I choose God. I only want your plan for my life. I only want your will. I choose this God. Even though I have these temptations around, even though maybe it feels scary and weird and uncertain, but I choose, I choose, I choose. My my only desire is your will to be done, God. And when you do that, and as you keep walking with God the feelings start to catch up you start to become more aware of him every single day you start to not want to ever grieve him or disappoint him or displease him that right there that's you only desiring for God's will to be done This is where God starts to use you powerfully. This is where the devil has no power over you. Every day, every every decision, I only want God's will to be done. I will not do that because not my will let God's will be done. I will not say that because not my will, God's will be done. That becomes your lifestyle. And this right here, for God's will to constantly be done in your life, this 
is true joy. This is what releases true joy. I'm telling you, all of the things of the world are happiness. All of the pleasures you see are temporal happiness. But this one thing is true joy. Knowing that you're pleasing your father and that his will is being done through you. That is true joy. Apostle Paul says, I have learned the secret of being content no matter the circumstances, in plenty or in want. What is the secret that he learned? True joy is when God's will is being done. So when I'm in a season of hardship, of wilderness, if God wants me to endure something, a trial, I know it's for his perfect plan to form my faith, to form my character. His will is being done right now. I'm in a wilderness season. Things are uncomfortable, but I'm in his will right now. Joy. This joy, nothing compares in this world. I'm telling you from my personal experience. That is true joy. That simple thing right there is what Jesus says. My only desire is your will to be done. That's my only joy. That is my only joy. So when you get to this place, you're experiencing this joy, constantly being in God's will. In times of hardship, in times of wilderness, I've experienced a lot of that. At times of disappointment, I've experienced a lot of that. Not God disappointing me, but my own expectations being disappointed. But you find joy because you're in God's will. And God's kingdom is, being moving, is moving forward through you. Whew. Hallelujah. That's, that's what gives you joy. God built you that way. He created you that way. That the only thing that would make you feel joy is to be in his will. It's a secret of the kingdom. So you get to this place where you're experiencing this joy. And then when God starts to release other blessings in life, you're out of the wilderness and he's lifted you because that will happen. You don't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> you are overflowing with joy. Because these are just extras. Hallelujah. This is what the word means when when you lose your life, you will continue to find more and more and more life. Hallelujah. If you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will embark on a discovery of more and more of true life. Hallelujah. Okay, lastly, lastly, this is exciting. When you surrender to God, there is a mighty reward Oh, there is a mighty reward like you can't even imagine. The Bible says, Luke, sorry, 1 Peter 5, verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Colossians 3.23, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. This reward is not just your heavenly eternal reward, which, by the way, there's a huge eternal reward. 
your reward is going to be here on this earth. God, God, Jesus came to this, on this earth to give you life and life more abundantly. Abundant peace, not minimum peace, but abundant peace, abundant joy, abundant love. It does not stop there, though, really. Abundant provision for God's glory. God wants to use you to bless so many people. So he's going to give you mighty seeds. He's going to throw tons of seeds so you can bless. And the Bible says that the way to receive is to give. So as you give and give and give and give and give, God pours more and more and more and more and more. And on top of that, you have more than enough. People look at you and say, wow, their whole life from beginning to end, from inside to outside, Wow, I see the glory of God. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm excited you guys are here to receive this secret right here. Because there's millions out there chasing things of the world. And they don't know that, that, that all of many things that they're chasing, they'll actually receive way more if they serve God. Like, God wants to bless you from inside to outside for his glory. That's who he is. He's a rewarder. He wants us to to walk proudly as sons and daughters of the king, with the inheritance of the king, all for his glory. For people to see, wow, how did you get a life like that? I see your peace and your joy through all these circumstances, through Corona. You have peace and joy like more than before Corona season. But not just that. You're blessed. Like externally too, like you're blessed. Yo, that's what God wants for his people. And it's a spirit of religion that's kept people blinded to that reality, to that truth. But I'm here to tell you, God will reward you mightily. And the powerful thing is, is when you receive these rewards from internal to external, you won't be a slave to them. But every time you walk into that beautiful house that you dreamed of, you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, what can I do to glorify you? I'm going to have a worship night here every week. People can encounter your presence in such a beautiful atmosphere. Thank you, Jesus. This is how God will reward you for his glory. Surrendering to God was the best decision of my entire life. And I'm telling you, I've never experienced joy like I have since the day I surrendered to him. There's been tons of uncomfortable times and seasons throughout this process as I did really have to give up everything. That's not always comfortable. But I'm telling you that I found joy every single day. Joy that I didn't find before the day that I surrendered. In fact, I went through way more difficult times when I surrendered than before surrendering. But the joy I experienced in those tough times was nothing like the temporal happiness I experienced when things were comfortable before I surrendered. I've never regretted a day in my life. And I think back to that day that I surrendered many, many times. And I thank God for leading me to that place, to that church where I made that decision. God is inviting you right now to make the greatest decision of your entire life. And maybe you haven't fully surrendered. Maybe you were like me before, before when I said, I'm all in God, but I didn't really mean it wholeheartedly. God is asking you, he's inviting you right now, my son, my daughter, will you surrender to me? It's time. It's time to be used powerfully for his kingdom. You know, the Bible says 
in Luke 9.23, after it says this passage of, if you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. Well, verse 27, right after this, it says, but I promise you this, there are some of you standing here right now who will not die until you have witnessed the presence and the power of God's kingdom realm. So he's saying right now that some of you are just Christians. You're not disciples. Some of you won't experience the kingdom of God, the miraculous power of God in you and through you until you go to heaven. But there are some of you here who will not experience it, who will experience it before death. You will experience it right here and right now on this earth. I'm going to use you for my glory. I'm going to put my power in you. And you're going to be revival carriers. And you're going to experience joy like you've never known. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands to him right now. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your perfect ways, God. And we thank you, Lord, that we can trust you completely with everything inside of us, God. God is inviting you to surrender to him right now. Just tell him with your own words that you want to surrender to him, that you surrender to him right now. I surrender to you, Jesus. We surrender to you, God. Have your way completely. I give you everything. I give you my life. If you want to surrender right now, just repeat after me. I surrender to you, God. Here is my life. I give you everything. Have your way. Do what you want. Give me your desires, your dreams, your will, not my will. Your will be done. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I release this power of God to you all where you're sitting right now. Receive it in Jesus. Just stand up right now. Stand up right now as an action of giving everything to Jesus, our energy, our everything. Lift your hands right now. And continue to receive from God right now. God's going to begin to pour out his spirit, his anointing upon you, upon your surrender. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.